is Kiki Rai, and you're listening to For the... Listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from Wow Dogs, and for the lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Welcome to For the Lore, this is Roger, coming to you on Monday, the 29th of March. And yes, I'm back behind the driver's seat, and Rick is basically in the trunk after last week's fiasco. But he is here as well as Joe. How's it going, boys? Pretty good. Can't complain. Things are looking up. And Um, Rick is a little sick, but he's here. He decided to to muscle through just so that he could be here and redeem himself for last week. My suffering equals to you being nice to me eventually. No, no, it doesn't. All right. Hey. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. As anybody who's checking out the screen here can see this, 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 this do, 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 Nintendo DS XL, DSi XL. Now, we had talked about this before, and I was of the opinion, you know what? We already have too many <laughs> DSs in the house, and uh, I was not going to be picking this up. However, there was a one day only limited quantities sale thing going on at Best Buy in Canada where you could trade in five games, use games, and as long as they had a trade in value of nine bucks, you got one for free. What? So we, yes, so we, uh, Canadians, I, oh, dude, I went through old games that we had. And, like, I mean, they were taking, like, a lot of crap. I dug up some old games. I mean, I had picked up a couple of the different Nintendogs. We're talking, like, three and a half, four years ago. I picked them up for the kids. Even the kids didn't like them. And I bought them used as well. They, they got played for maybe a few minutes, and literally that was it. And they'd been sick and sitting collecting dust. They took two of those. And then I traded in one of my old Pokemon games that I finished, because there's a new one out now, and then some other crap. But yeah, five games that were either we'd finished them or never, ever played them. So I got this beautiful, I got this brown-black one here, not the, the red-pinkish one. But, uh, the one in the yeah, background? Yeah, the one in the background. And uh, cool. free. And uh, it's freaking nice. There is a noticeable difference. Now, I don't have a DSi. I only have a, uh, I have the DS Lite. And um, and yeah, no, it's it's very nice. Um, the screen is much bigger. Like, I, I actually did pick up um, the Soul Silver Pokemon. I had to. I just had, it was Pokemon. I had to. I picked I it up. I haven't yet. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, you can really tell it's a port of the, the old one, mm-hmm. it really does not look that great. But what I started playing was Professor Layton in the Curious Village. That game looks fantastic on this thing. Just fantastic. So, yeah, no, it is quite a nice little system. And again, for free? Pff, sure, I'll take one. Why not? Fair enough. Hate you. Fucking Canadian. 
Moving on from there. There's so much hate for you, dude. I'm like the only one that's like, yay, Roger, screw the man. And they're all like, I hope you die. That's because you're hope. <laughs> Never mind. But it's nice. And it's it's like really, it, the, the thing is, is that if you are, if you want a DS that's portable, this ain't it. This is not going to fit in your pockets unless you're a skater kid with big ass jeans. Um, like it's a fair, fair size. But for just to play around the house, like, holy crap and hell and the screen is absolutely gorgeous so yeah no and then it's got the um did the dsi have the sd card slot on the side too i don't think so eh no well the uh the the dsi did the dsi did yes i'm sorry oh okay so yeah the because this has the obviously the slot then i like it and the slot chris the slot is on the side it's not on the top it's on the side You'll have to tune into the outtakes to see what that's all about. Um, (laughs) Going back to our betas and how we've been doing in the betas and whatnot, without, again, breaking any NDAs or whatever, um, have you been doing much more of APB, Rick? I have. They actually extended... um the period they they had like a week long play period, but the Migos packs kicked off, so they extended it another week, and then some. So we all got a lot of play time, and yeah, there's nothing much else I can say about it, with the exception that it's it still needs polish, but it's gonna be a very very interesting game. It's gonna be a very very cool game, and I think that if EA publishes it properly and really does a good job of marketing it, then this can become a very, very big, very massive title. Like, I'm talking Grand Theft Auto 4 massive, you know, where everybody and their mother is constantly talking about it because everybody fucking plays it. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Very, very, very looking forward to the next time we get a playthrough. This is, they they actually showed a lot more um, at PAX. Um, They had uh, people playing through as well and whatnot, and there's a lot more videos out now and you've got sites that are also breaking the NDAs um, I think it was was it Kotaku I saw that uh, they were showing yes. videos uh, images they'd seen and whatnot but I mean you're seeing a lot more now so I mean breaking an NDA I mean Christ you can see damn near everything right there um, the videos that are out for this now like the one that I'm playing right now for those who are watching live Oh my god, if this does not make you want to play the game, I seriously do not know what will. I it 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 was I, I keep thinking of the expression you use, the foaming at the mouth. Oh my god. I watched this and it was like Jesus, Rick got this beta the bastard. I would kill to be playing Dude, this. And- and th- what they're showing in the video is actual beta footage, like exactly what you got out of PAX. It's not it's it's not like a demo that they're just doing. It's it's Probably just video that they did take of people playing during the beta. That's exactly how it is. Even the UI, everything of it is just incredible. Like it still needs refinement, like a fuck ton of refinement, but it's it's very impressive. Like they, they do show street races and different emotes and one that they have set up in in the video, and they're actually doing that. These are players making that, just making that crap up. It's <laughs> really 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 fun man if you spend the time customizing you can you can look just as badass as anything you'll see in these trailers oh yeah like they were showing some about and that was we saw that in the podcast too that they do on how to um do the different uh, designs and whatnot which is what they're showing right now on the screen like i mean because of the way they have it set up you can create anything as long as you know how to do graphic design work and whatnot i mean they're doing someone there with a bandana i don't mean it's 
just looks fantastic. And it's just about knowing how to use space properly and your negative and positive colors and, and, and everything else. But yeah, no, you can, if you have, if you want to take the time, whether it's that or the music, I mean, you can do something really cool with the way you look. But I mean, the gameplay too, I, Every time I see videos, depending on if they spotlight more the criminals or the enforcers, it's like this one here spotlights more the um, the criminals. And it's the like, criminals, yes. oh, yeah. And I'm watching this going, oh, I want to be one. I, I want that. I just <laughs> just go on this killing spree because that was one of the things that was the most fun about GTA 3 especially. How high can you get your wanted level and just terrorize that city and for how long can you survive? And it's that kind of mentality that you can have in here. Now, what I don't know, um, although I would assume it's there, I don't know whether or not they have achievements in this where in the longer you can terrorize, so the more cars you could jack in a row, things like that, because that would be a ton of fun. Well, as 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 far as what they've said, what they've announced, they haven't announced an achievement system yet. So, they're, as far as real time worlds goes, they haven't done the achievement path. Um, like they said, though, there are different things with the league. In other words, your league, your guild, your clan, whatever it is, that plays a very big role. Like they've said before, and again, without breaking ND, uh, any kind of NDA stuff, um, with the coolest aspect so far that I've seen, aside from all the different things that they have in the game for customization, is the way that um, questing works, predominantly like we've known. Like when we talked to Kit Kat, when we talked to Dam, you know, um, they went into how APB actually works. And you'll even see it in the video where it'll just flash red and blue and go boop, you know, and it'll say APB. And what that's happening is you can choose to then accept or decline that quest and bam, you're there literally pitted against another player and... If it's a criminal and you're an enforcer, then you have to maybe stop him from doing something. And it's literally like there's quest chains. Like there's maybe five different parts to a quest that he's on, to a mission he's on, and you have to stop him, you know? And it gets really, really intense if he's on the last part and then you get called in as the final backup and you're just this last-ditch effort as the clock tight, you know, ticks down to try to stop the criminals from doing X, Y, and Z. It's very, very cool way to do to do questing in this game. I mean, there's standard mission stuff, like was said before, but, you know, from contacts, but the real meat of this game is in the player, you know, the player community, what the players are doing with each other. See, what I'm seeing when I'm watching these as well, too, is as opposed to a game like, for obvious sakes, we'll compare it to, to WoW, in terms of questing or whatnot, um, this here, I can see it where you can have a ton of fun, literally just you and one guy, you and a buddy terrorizing the city or being enforcers kind of thing as opposed to especially now where you're doing your random groups and everything you're you it's so much better the more people you have if you can get a group of five you can have a blast just running instance after instance um whereas this here you can literally again terrorize the city when they're showing videos where it's again two guys in a car and you got one hanging out the side shooting crap up oh dude like I, <laughs> seriously i'm watching this and i'm thinking i can so see us doing this just either the three of us or just two of us grab a car and one leaning out the window shooting or you know somebody on both sides and just have an absolute blast and and i will say you you hit the nail on the head this game is you're, you're going to be able to play it by yourself, obviously, like any other game, but the emphasis, it's not even forcing you to group, but it's just, it's just so much more fun to be like, like natural born killers, man. It's you and another person, you and a partner, you know, same thing with every cop movie, every, you know, buddy cop TV show, you know, police drama, that sort of thing. There's always two characters. There's 
a cop and his or her partner. You know, and that just it makes the game, even as criminals, just so much better. Yeah, and it is up for pre-sale or pre-orders right now too. I saw. Yes. Yes. Although I um, will say, if we when we do do this, Roger, you have to totally say I'm getting too old for this, like multiple times. If we do decide to be like <laughs> on the cop side of things, that'd just be too perfect, dude. It's- <laughs> I'll I'll make sure that when you're playing your enforcer, I'll be a criminal just so I can go and cap you in the ass. Bring That's it. What I, do. <laughs> I will do it. Um, let's move on from there, though. Um, Joe, you were saying that you wanted to, to talk a little bit on behalf of the the uh, the WoW community. Well, the blogging community as a whole, and it, it's not so much a rant as it is a public service announcement. Oh, I didn't say um, rant. <laughs> Rick did. Um, the, in previous, in the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been coming forth asking uh, myself and other bloggers how they do it, how they get into blogging, what they write about, what the tips are to be successful. And it got me thinking, There, a lot of us have been doing this for a very long time. And there are two things that really, really make you a successful uh, blogger. First of all is consistency. The The more consistent you are, the more often you post, the more consistent it is, the more people visit you. Second thing I want to say is expect trolls, all right? You got to learn how to deal with abject <laughs> hatred, okay? Because there is a lot of it. You, Anytime you say anything on the internet, there is going to be somebody who disagrees so vehemently with you that they will say that they hope that Hitler came back from the past and killed you. I mean, it will happen. And if you can't deal with that, if you can't shrug that off, if you can't deal with people just absolutely hating you and your opinion on things, then you need to, to not do it. And I'll be perfectly honest because it doesn't matter how small your blog is. I know people that have had a blog that has five viewers and eventually somebody comes across it and just blows up their shit and they go crying. If you can't deal with the potential of, of people just hating everything you have to say, don't do it. That said, there are very rewarding moments. There are moments where you will have people that will come up to you, send you emails and say, thank you so much. You helped me. Thank you very much for the information, things like that. And if you wanted to have those moments and you can deal with the trolls to get those moments, absolutely, it's for you. Now, you guys have been doing this for a while as well, not just blogging, but also podcasting and whatnot like that. Do you guys have any words of advice for anybody looking to get out there into the blogging community? I'll let you go, Roger, first. You go first. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go first if, uh, if, if you'd like. As far as trolls... Squash them into the fucking ground. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy, like, I won't rage back, but I'll go on there. I will edit whatever it is that they said just because, you know, I'm, I'm an asshole like that, too. So I will go into their comment because I have, you know, I'm an administrator. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'll go in there and I will just totally pervert whatever they said. And I'll just do it over and over and over again until finally I get bored of fucking with them. So then I'll just ban the IP and then they'll come back again. I'll just ban that IP or whatever. Akismet really helps get a good spam blocker that remembers IPs and whatnot. And um, other than that, the only other advice, not so much for trolls, but just try to minimize downtime because you're going to get a lot of backlash for that kind of shit. If your site goes down, like, okay, if wow.com went down or MMO <laughs> champion went down, people's lives would fucking, they're like, everything would stop. The world would fucking end, you know, somebody divided by zero and everybody's life would just cease because the site wasn't there, you know, and they'll sit there F fighting for hours and hours until it finally comes back up again, not it's realizing true. that that actually hurts it. Yeah. I and mean, I, I, that happened to my site. 
um, in uh, BlizzCon of 2008 because when I first went to BlizzCon, I, you know, I did the contest and everything and I had so much traffic that people, you know, I got a call from the hoster saying, are you, you may be under a brute force DDoS attack or something. I'm like, Oh, uh, what? Cause apparently there were something along the lines of, you know, 500,000 people F fiving at the exact same time within like a 20 minute window. And I just destroyed everything. So get yourself really good hosting. That's patient and quick. Otherwise you're good. <laughs> Roger. I've done lots of different um, blogs and, and different things, uh, different sites as well. Like the, the gaming ones weren't the first one. I like, I had the hardware review ones for a while. Um, I had DVD review sites. I had the, the gaming stuff as well under different things, not the, the, for the lore. And then I had the, the podcast as well. Like, uh, it's funny because I, I, I talk to people about the, for the lore and I get very interesting comments back because They'll look at the site and say, there's no content. You don't have, you're not posting every day and, and crap like that. And I laugh and I want to say, I can show you the stats showing the thousands of listeners that pull in the podcast every week. If that's what you want to see, <laughs> it's not about the, the, the site is not about the podcast or sorry about me just talking about other stuff. It's about the podcast first and foremost. Um, and then I put in things as I'm able to. Otherwise the podcast does take enough time though. So that's my, my primary concern. But what I learned a long time ago from doing the other sites is uh, basically stay true to what it is that you want the site to be. If you want the site to be successful and to try to get as many potential listeners or viewers as you, you, you can get, then understand that that's going to mean a lot of work and that's going to mean that you will have to post every day and if you don't and somebody bitches they had a right to bitch because they're under the assumption because of what you've led them to believe that it's going to be something else if it's not going to be that then again be true to what it is that you want to so if the site is just something that's done casually in your spare time and it's not something that you care about the stats or, or anything like that then just do that and then it doesn't matter what anybody says i've had people bitch about our site Literally on, well, we saw it on the Star Trek site as well and the <laughs> Champions awesome. Online. And it's like, you know what? Kiss my ass. I know what the site is about. I know what the podcast is about. And that's it. And if you don't like it, too bad. And it's like what what Rick was saying too, where in, you know, somebody trolls you on your site. Um, it's your site. The, the idea, like, I mean, there's very few of us that are going to develop a site that you have to maintain a very, very professional appearance for everybody because that's important and, and shit like that. No, no. Most of us will never, ever do anything like that, which means it's your site. You own it. It's your blog. If somebody wants to be an asshole on in their comments or whatever on your site, it's your site. You don't have to pretend to be nice to put up with that crap. It's your site. And it's, I, part of that is I don't suffer fools well either. And so if somebody's an ass, it's like, no, I ain't pretending. Get off. Get lost. I will get rid of your comment. I don't care if there was even a modicum of, of compliment in it behind the, the snarkiness or, you know, I don't put up with it because I don't have to. It's that simple. So understand what it is out that you want out of the site and try to stay as close to that as you can. All very good advice. I think uh, anybody who is interested and listens to this podcast, I think we got some good advice out there for them. Yep. 
All right, moving on from there. This was an interesting weekend because we had PAX East. And apparently it was pretty goddamn cool. They packed the house. They did very well. Now, I don't know how much news that you guys saw in there. Most of the stuff that I saw, a lot of the stuff that people were talking about that I read, a lot of it was, again, APB. APB showed very, very well there. And I think that as they are getting closer to the release date, they're pushing a lot more now for to get more and more media and getting themselves seen more. And they're really building that reputation wherein there are going to be a lot of people more interested. I don't know. Was there anything else that you guys saw there that you wanted to talk about? Dungeons and- oh, go ahead. Shank. Shank looks bad as hell. Yes. Shank yes. is like is, is like a 2D side scrolling kind of, you know, game, whatever. I'm pretty sure it's coming out on Xbox Live. And it just it, if. If you Google or look up any game or anything at all, just, you know, it's one of those short, simple, stupid, fun, time-wasting kind of games. It's just like, it, it looks like just so much damn fun. I, I'm dying to to play it. I'm dying to get my hands on it. Me, some of the biggest things that I saw come out of there, uh, first of all, Dungeons & Dragons uh, online and their, their company uh, and their support staff made actually a really strong showing of uh, how they're continuing to get this game to keep uh, going on and actually showed off uh, future updates, which was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty cool because Dungeons and Dragons Online is one of those games that you don't hear about anymore. Um, but it's nice to see that they're still trying to push it and go strong with it. Um, there was a little bit of stuff about a new Laura Croft game, which was, you know, saddening because I want that series to just be fucking dead. Um, but that was something that got posted out. And there was a whole slew of conversations about downloadable content. Um, that was one of the hot topics this year, is a, yeah. this year at PAX East because everything uh, is starting to come out with downloadable content. doesn't matter what the game is um, or even if it's a full game through downloadable content through like a, the DS Lite type stuff uh, or through the uh, the, P, the PlayStation Portable Lite or whatever it is. Um, but those are starting to happen. And I think that that was very important to note as well because every developer is looking at downloadable content models at this point. Well, that was something that they talked about at the GDC a lot as well, too. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is the topic of the day right now, and everybody's talking about that. What's happening, though, is that you're getting... Uh, almost an equal amount of people that will say that they absolutely hate it. And once they've finished a game, they're done with it. They don't want to go back and see and pay for more content that was in there to begin with, but just locked up. And then you have other people, and I would hazard just based on things that we've all said that, we kind of like the fact that it extends the life of the game. And I do find that it's like that. There's There are times when you can clearly see it's an abuse and just a money-making scheme. However, when it's something that is done wherein it extends the life and your enjoyment of the game, and it it's not something that feels like it was necessarily pulled out of the game, I'm all for it. I If I spent that much money on a game, and then I can spend, you know, five bucks here, ten bucks there, and actually get enough enjoyment over it i'm all for it one other thing that i would like to uh to point out too that was uh brought up at pax that wasn't really talked about at the gdc uh dead space 2 uh gameplay footage was thrust at the audiences and i thought that was kind of important to note too because dead space was another game that was actually really fucking awesome but nobody really seemed to have played um, at least none of my friends and I didn't hear too much about it. So I'm looking for, personally, I'm looking forward to dead space too, uh, because the audio in that game alone 
just the audio by itself makes the game worth playing, not to mention the survival horror, <laughs> the survival horror factor of how awesome that game is in space. Okay, just taking a break for a second from PAX East, we got to talk about audio, and you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to find the audio for that Batman Arkham Asylum yes. scene. I'm finding that. I'm going to splice it in right now. Okay, it was in there. When you download the podcast, it's there. Because you got to hear this shit, okay? So I picked I picked up Batman Arkham Asylum. It was on sale on Steam for like 22 bucks. So I couldn't say no. And it, they tossed in, what was it? I think it was Just Cause, which I'll probably mm-hmm. never play. But that's I wanted to play Batman. So anyways, I started up Batman on Thursday, I think, last week. And, and it is a very, very good game, man. Those those the controls are tight it's fun to play the graphics on the pc i've got the graphics cranked as high as they'll go holy crap and hell it looks unbelievable really really good um the um the detective mode where it's kind of like x-ray vision kind of stuff mm-hmm. i was afraid that it wouldn't you know it wouldn't look as cool it looks just as cool if not cooler than when you have the full graphics on the again everything is really fun um but anyways there's one scene <laughs> again it's, it's it's too long now it's not a spoiler but there's one scene where you walk into the morgue okay yes and you you walk in and this is right after um scarecrow you find out that scarecrow is mm-hmm. holding some doctors and, and medical staff hostage so you go into the morgue and they've got all those you know, the metal doors, a whole whack load of them, and all the bodies are supposed to be inside. And you walk in, and the doors are, like, opening and closing, and there's light behind them. Now, I'm playing in the dark, and I've got noise-canceling earphones on, okay? <laughs> and, like, the doors close and shit, and I've got it loud enough that I can enjoy every little creak and the sound of his battering hitting <laughs> those gargoyles and everything. And so I'm sitting there, and you walk in this room, and all you hear, like you would have heard a minute ago, is, get out, get out. Get out. You're not supposed to be here. And there's like whispering. And it's like all over the place from multiple <laughs> voices. And I'm sitting there going, okay, no problem. I'm gone. I'm like, screw that crap. And, but it is so creepy. It was unbelievable. Like I'm a grown man and I'm sitting there going, this is creepy as shit. I don't care who you are or if your balls are made of steel. This is creepy shit. It was fantastic. And people underestimate the power of audio oh, in these games. On. No, it so, was yeah. it was fantastic. And uh, just to answer the question in the um, the chat room, I'm playing it on PC right now. I've got a, a fairly good PC too, so I've got everything cranked really high. And yeah, it is awesome. Now people were bitching that it was a very short game. Now I granted, I'm messing around a lot and I'm, I'm taking my time and enjoying stuff and I am justifiably having a problem as well with a couple of points where it was like I hadn't gotten used to the mechanics yet of how to do certain things um, 
So I'm not rushing through it, but I mean, I've put in quite a few, like maybe four or five hours, and I've only I'm only at eight percent. So like, it's not that short. It, I, I'm not I'm not I'm certainly not complaining, especially for the twenty two I paid for it. I'm certainly not complaining. Um, but a absolute blast, just loving it. <laughs> it is a great game. I, I it was one of my games of the year, and there's a reason for that it was last year. Oh yeah, I can't wait for Arkham Asylum too. Yeah, it's it's very well done. Again, graphics are great. Voice acting was, I'm I'm gonna stick with what I'd said though. The voice acting I thought was better with Uncharted Two, but holy crap, this is a very very close second. This is the voice acting is superb, especially because if you watch the cartoons, which I mean we do with the kids. Okay, it's I I love the cartoons, and it's the same actors. So you Except recognize for the Riddler and Gordon, yeah, yeah. But I mean the main ones. So you've got your Mark Hamill and whoever does the voice for Batman. I can't remember his name, but him as well. Kevin so, Conroy. Yeah, exactly. So it fits, and it's it's it, to me that makes a big difference. I I don't know which Batman it is. There's one of them that we were watching not that long ago, and it had a different voice in it, and it was like ah. That really spoils it. Really, really does because you get so used to those voices. So yeah, no, the voice acting is obviously fantastic in this game <laughs> I mean, i'm absolutely loving it having a blast when when he's taking the joker he's following the joker in at the very beginning again not a spoiler or just stop listening if you want when he's taking him through at the very beginning and joker is tied up in that little trolley Artist. thing yeah. and they're going back and the lights go off and i'm thinking okay this is where the action starts this is where he escapes and all that and the lights come back on and batman's holding him by throat by the throat <laughs> <laughs> and i literally laughed out loud it was like oh this is going to be good this is going to be fantastic oh, i love games like that i love games that are so true to form for the characters and that that really makes me happy there yeah that it, that one scene set the whole thing and uh and from then on every interaction that he's had to date has been again bang on for what you would expect from the game so yeah no great game I'm, I'm having a blast if you haven't picked it up and you see it on sale folks you definitely want to pick it up and it is coming on sale periodically now because it is a little bit older uh let's move on from there and touch on some wow news because we had our patch and we had some some interesting like <laughs> immediate patch to the patch because of some of the <laughs> crap that they screwed up but i mean that's par for the course now what did you find joe uh, there's actually quite a bit of stuff. Um, right after patch 3.3.3 hit, 3.3.3a was released rather shortly after for various reasons. Um, with a lot of bug fixes. Uh, endless healing potion. This is the one you get from Alchemy. Uh, that it just has a two minute cooldown, heals for slightly less than a regular consumable. It never dies. A blue quality um, was being used in arenas as a cheat. Uh, it was never supposed to be used, so they fixed that. Um, Warlocks used to use a lower version of life tap to still receive a benefit to their shadow spell power um, without taking that much damage. That was a cheat. They fixed that. Um, they've evened out damage to the gunship encounter uh, and Ice Crown Citadel for the uh, as the heat decay uh, on the guns. If you don't know what that is, uh, you haven't really seen the I'm on a boat video for a while, which you haven't. Go look it up. Um, they've changed some buffs in Alteric Valley. Uh, they to to include include negative enemy dodge, which is important because anybody who's been through Alteric Valley knows that you can have full PvP gear, but if that person's rocking uh, a full set of tier ten, tier nine uh, heroic gear, you're probably going to get your ass fucking handed to you. Um, there's 
a couple quest changes in like Dalaran, uh, the cheese quest where you have to get chunks of cheese. The refresh timer has been increased. Um, some changes to the battleground queuing system um, have been made to actually allow it to work because they added the random battleground. And a lot of times what would wind up happening is people would queue and it would be less than a minute and then 20 minutes would go by and they'd still be stuck there because oh. for some reason the or they just wouldn't get it at all. Because or or you're always storm. in eye of the storm. Always yes. in eye of the or storm. You're, or you're always in one over the others. Yeah, oh, absolutely. my God. <laughs> <laughs> always eye of the storm. It was funny because I, I was playing. I'll talk after you're done because I want to talk about the changes to honor right now with battlegrounds yes. and whatnot. But, yeah, when you're doing your random battlegrounds, people were commenting saying, this is the 12th eye of the storm in a row. Enough already. I've had it. So, yeah, that was the prevailing <laughs> battleground was eye of the storm over and over and over and over again <laughs> um there was also some fixes for mac gamers um anybody who had an old power pc g4 g5 um, would immediately get disconnected after login and then have to connect in again and pray uh sacrifice a chicken to jobu and wait and hope that they get on this time um any users with a MacBook Pro that had a GeForce 8600M uh, using an older version of the operating system would crash immediately after entering the world no matter what you did. There was no fix. Uh, they've resolved both of these issues so people with older systems uh, can actually still play the game, which is good because there are actually quite a few Mac gamers for World of Warcraft. Um, another buff for or fix for raiders, uh, raid buffs have been consolidated and uh, many have had their ranged increase to 100 yards. Uh, basically allowing you to not have to be up the raid's ass in order to gain full benefit, things like True Shot Aura. Uh, there's been various other class changes. Um, Death Knights have seen an increase in Frost DPS. The Priest Healing Gear has gone through more changes for their Tier 10 four-piece uh, bonus than I can... Than you know, an incontinent man with, you know, rubber diapers. Um, rogues have seen an increase in subtlety as another viable spec again. And warriors received a little bit of a buff with both revenge and vitality. Um, I'll chime in on the warrior thing because... I was just going to ask you too. Dude, it, as, as far as the rogue subtlety thing, I mean, I, I tried going back to subtlety, but people are rocking so much fucking resilience that it's like, it's, it's still just as hard. If anything, subtlety just became much better for leveling to, you, to be honest yeah but you know why they're, they're they have so much resilience it's because it's so easy right now to get your oh, yeah. pvp yeah. set it's absolutely insane like i'm all for making it easier than what it was like i mean i remember how hard it was back before you know honor when honor used to decay so yeah easier is better but now it is it, it's too easy to get your pvp i got my pvp set granted there's I still have a couple of pieces missing, but that's because I had just enough that I could start doing my, my looking for dungeons, my randoms, so that I can get the actual PvE set. Inst mm -hmm. If I continue with the just doing um, uh, Battlegrounds, I would have literally the full set in no time flat, in a couple of days. Like, I, I was picking up two, three pieces per day, and that's just from a little bit here and there. It was absolutely, it's, it's insane how fast you can get your set now. Right, right. The the whole thing though right now is it, it's made it so that in PvP if you see a rogue who's subtlety spec and you're cloth, you're pretty much dead. Just completely <laughs> utterly just because they have so much just innate are just, totally ignoring the armor that if they were to go ahead and stack something like armor penetration or whatnot, then they would just it, it's it's laughable. 
as far as the warrior thing, um, you know, as Roger, I'm playing my warrior pretty much exclusively now for the most part. And <laughs> I went from like 27 something thousand HP on buff to 36 thousand HP on buff without even paying fucking attention to whatever the hell I was doing. And, um, I can attest to that. The, the revenge changes, are just holding aggro against people who so severely outgear me is so much nicer now when I have improved revenge. It no longer does a stun, which is awesome because I don't really fucking care if I stun things in PvE, but it um it does revenge damage to two targets, kind of like a cleave, and they increase the damage their revenge deals so much that it's not okay. surprising anymore to hit like 15,000 damage on a, on a single revenge across two different mobs. I mean, that's just fucking beautiful. And what was that crazy-ass demon sound, Roger? Uh, that was Joe. That was me going autocleave because autocleave is awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I'm having... I'm having a fucking trip with my warrior. That point three point three point three point three point three point three was like my warrior coming back to life patch. I'm very happy. Well, it's very good too because it also marks um, a lot of people have been bitching that all they get for tanks are bears and death knights because everybody's extolling the the the, the wonderfulness that is effective health. Um, and people forget how awesome paladin and warrior tanks are for oh, not only Jesus. just mitigation, but fucking keeping aggro. And I'm sorry, I've had more aggro problems uh, with death knights and bears than I've ever had with paladins and warriors. Even a brand new minted 80, uh, like five minutes before the dungeon warrior was able to keep aggro off of me when I'm dropping 30 fucking K uh, new kills from healing wave on him. Uh, and I just see my, my threat right under his. He was able to keep it the entire time so you know what i'll take a warrior any day that's something actually Thank we were you. talking about oh no dude i joe and i were talking about that behind your back and i was saying how i the 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 warrior is so fantastic to heal and part of that i'm sure is because i've had a couple of dks that were justifiably very good but the impression i get when i am healing those guys is that they are probably they want to be the best DK they, or tank they can be and not just the best Death Knight. They want to be the best tank. They are actually learning about the class so that they can be the best um, tank and they're intelligent adults. Because the Death Knight, again, because you're saving all those levels and it's just so easy for anybody to roll a Death Knight. Whereas you need a certain amount of dedication to roll that warrior from one. And so, and, and from all those levels, you are going to learn about the class much better and the class mechanics and how to tank appropriately, whether it's a paladin or a, um, a, a, a warrior. The thing with the bear too, and now folks remember, I'm, my main is a druid, okay? The thing with a bear, and I've, I've main tanked as my bear, back in vanilla and burning crusade the thing with bear is that unless you leveled that bear as a bear or at least feral you're not as good as the you're probably not going to be as good as the pally or the warrior who's had no choice but to be that spec you can you can play your your druid as moonkin from day 1 that is not going to make you a good bear later on because you don't understand the class mechanics well same with if you rolled as resto or as even just kitty dps which is what i am now and dudes oh loving yeah. it loving yeah. it 
So you should, you should hear this guy like go off and party. He's like having a trip. How did I do in recount? How did I do in recount? I'm like, you're doing fine. You're doing okay. But no, I, I agree with what, with what you're saying wholeheartedly. When when I first got over my funk and said, all right, I'm going to queue for the random dungeons. I'm severely undergeared. I'm under the defense cap. And, you know, I haven't played this warrior in a while. But, you know, people say people kept saying over and over, it goes, dude, your gear score is horrible. And I would cringe and it goes, but how the fuck are you holding aggro? How is it that you're not dying? I said, I created my warrior in December of 2004. I mean, I've been doing this for kind of a while, so no, no sweat. I mean, it was, it was very, very cool. I've had one time I've gotten a compliment with Roger in the group. <laughs> one time I got a compliment with Roger in the group and it was the healer saying, my God, I love you. You're the best tank ever. I'm like, yeah. See, I like, <laughs> like you guys, but no, it's a, a lot of people now. They, this all just goes back to this the mentality with WoW. It's, it's not just what class you play. It's not just about your gear score. It's you really gotta know what the fuck you're doing. And there's so many people out there that don't know what they're doing, but that, but yet they'll speed run the group, you know, through a five man heroic, or oh, they'll they won't bother to explain anything as far as the raid mechanic or the boss mechanic or or the trash, because people don't even bother explaining trash anymore. And if you go into ICC, you know, trash needs to be treated a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. And people just don't bother anymore as they figure, oh well, you know, they've been doing it so long, you should know what you're doing. And that leads to folks getting carried. And that's really, really frustrating. Every time that I get that one tool in the group that tells me, oh, your gear score is low, I'm like, dude, leave the group. I'm not going to carry you. Just just go. And it's I, – I can't wait for Cataclysm. I really can't. Same here. I'm looking forward to it. Which, speaking of which, brings us to our next news topic. <laughs> BlizzCon 2010 it was finally announced. And I know I'm going to be going there. It's I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to go hell for broke to be there this year. I'm going to try my hardest, my damnedest to go this year. So far, looking at the budget of one, and if things keep going the way that they're going, then yes, I will definitely be able to go this year. I really hope that I can bring my wife with me this year. You know, if we can find somebody to watch our kids for the freaking week that we'll be out. But, uh, oh, five days, whatever. But yeah, if, 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 I, if I do go, you and me need to definitely hang. I, I, I really oh, yeah. wish Roger would be able to go, but I don't know if Roger, Roger, you already decided that you wouldn't, you, no. you weren't going to go? No, no. I mean, if somebody wants to pay my flight and hotel, sure. But otherwise, well, no. I, hotel, I might actually be able to help with. <laughs> Dude, your cousin with a, a fold-away couch doesn't count as a hotel. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you guys later. I'll tell you guys later. But no, I mean, um, his, his aunt lives down there. <laughs> She's got a really nice, comfortable futon. The cat uses it most of the time. I'll take but... it. I'll take it. That's I'll okay. She it. might actually get in the bed with you and cuddle up behind you. Don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I'll then she it. would prefer the spoon, man. <laughs> Um, but one thing I'm I'm really looking forward to BlizzCon this year because I think two things are going to happen. First of all, I think uh, personally, I predict within about two to three weeks of the actual BlizzCon event, which is happening in October again, uh, October 21st, uh, that weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I think that two to three weeks later, we're going to get a Cataclysm release because it lines up perfectly with the beginning of the holiday season and it puts them in a perfect position to promote the fucking shit out of it at BlizzCon. And Blizzard actually loses money every year on BlizzCon. So what's a great way to recover it? Release and release your IP directly after it. Everybody throws their money at it. It's at the top of the hype and everything goes good from there. Yeah, but Second, the big announcement, oh, the, the big the, announcement. 
they're 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 losing money potentially right from the if you're looking at only the event. However, it's the a, event pro- I'm not seeing it's a, a promotion yes, thing that they yes. have to do to keep maintaining that interest what in the I'm, game. They're not I'm losing money. Hold on, but what I'm saying is there are other events that the conventions for them, like the CCP, like the people at McEve, their conventions actually turn a profit for the company. Just saying. Yeah. But I'm not saying that they're they're saints for this, but you know they they are a company there and then they make money. But it is, it is an investment in their customers and it is an investment in their IPs. But I think I personally I think the big announcement this year, I think the big reveal is going to be the new IP. Yes, it's going to be the next gen MMO that they've been hiring for for the past four and a half years. Yep. If you if you think back in time, you know I just scooted around when I was at work. I would go to Blizzard's website and I go to Jobs, and they had for the longest time now before Diablo three, before StarCraft two was announced, before any of that business, they were saying you know looking for you know developer, designers, coders, programmers, everybody, PR people, you name it for a next gen MMO. Said mm-hmm. said top secret. In a little box, a little graphics, a top secret, and it said next-gen MMO. That's it. So they've been working on something that they're going to be able to use to blow freaking APB out of the water, to blow Star uh, Star Wars, uh, The Old Republic out of the water, and all these different games are coming out now that are pretty much dating WoW for the most part. Cataclysm, I think, is going to be the last expansion we're going to get for WoW, in my opinion. I, I don't think so. I don't think so, because I don't think, uh, as far as the fantasy genre goes, WoW is still always going to be king. Um, the new IP probably isn't going to be fantasy-based. I think we can agree on that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, but the thing to keep in mind here, too, is that you're talking about it's going to be um, blowing like Star Trek or sorry, Star Wars out of the Star Trek. It wouldn't be hard there. Uh, Wouldn't be blowing (laughs) Star Wars out of the water. But I mean, this is they've been talking about it for four, four and a half years. We're going over 10 years with Diablo 3, which isn't even an MMO. This new MMO is not coming out for a bloody long time. You have to. You have to look at it this way. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop interrupting. But um, we've got Star, uh, StarCraft Two is coming out this year. Okay, yep, so we have StarCraft. Year. We have StarCraft Two at the end of this year. Wings of Liberty. It's the first in the trilogy. Okay, then we have Cataclysm coming out pretty much hand in hand at the same time, if not one slightly before the other. Okay, next year is Diablo Three. Then maybe next year two as well. Uh, the the next. Uh, campaign in uh, in StarCraft 2, which is about the Zerg. I can't remember the name of it. And then eventually a year after that, or maybe two years after that, we'll be looking at the final one, which is about the Protoss single-player campaign for StarCraft 2. And by and then likely the expansion to Diablo 3, because there will be one. Exactly. exactly. Then the expansion for Diablo 3. So we're looking at, what are we looking at now as far as the MMO? I would not... At least three years. I, I would not be surprised, bro, if they come and they shock the shit out of everybody with this new MMO that they're coming out with. If they actually have a playable demo oh, at Jesus. BlizzCon 2010, are they you did, serious? They, they did it before. They did it with Diablo they three. When, when they, they announced did. Diablo three, they had the alpha demo, and people were playing Diablo three the day that they announced it. Same thing with StarCraft two. Yeah, they might have a very, very small playable demo with only a small section. I mean, Ghost was playable. That didn't see the light of day either. So I, to me, and again, Diablo, they they had Diablo 3 playable, you know, not this one, but last year. So, and and we're still not going to see it for a bloody long time again. So playable demo to me don't mean much. 
as as far as Diablo 3, man, I don't think it's going to be such a long time before we see it, because as soon as the buzz dies down from the StarCraft 2 beta, they're going to be kicking up uh, Cataclysm beta, and when Cataclysm beta is over, they're going to be Diablo 3 beta. Blizzard likes to... N Blizzard does something different than every other game company. They don't do these timed, you know, two days here, a week there kind of betas. They say, here's the beta, it's going to go non-stop 24 hours a day, seven days a week for three, six months. And then after those six months, then we're going to release the game. And that's pretty much how it's been in the in, in the past, and I think that's how it's going to be now. They've had a beta going pretty much like 365 days a damn year since um, since Wrath was announced. You know, it's it's been one beta or the other, and uh, they actually just reset uh, StarCraft 2's beta, uh, I think, over this past weekend to mm -hmm. simulate yeah. what an actual launch would be like. Like, I got my my league standing reset, my friends, everybody's pretty much back to square one because they want to see what it's like with all the brand new people they brought in on launching Battle.net, what would be a simulator of launching it so when they do launch it, they don't end up with all the issues that like Ion had and these people had here and there, you know, with <laughs> shit crashing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Roger's having himself a good laugh. <laughs> Every time I bring it up, Roger giggles, you know? I you got to. to. You got to, otherwise you cry, and I've cried enough over Ion. We're actually going to touch a little bit on some Ion news later, uh, but we're going to move on from BlizzCon and touch on some Bioware news. Woo the <laughs> countdown was revealed i am severely disappointed oh so Same. disappointed so disappointed here we thought maybe an announcement for beta for the old republic or something no it's an auction it's a freaking auction the bioware bazaar folks check it out i've got it on the screen here all it is is an auction of bioware products and gaming components and yeah. computer merchandise and things but, like that he, he, guys, by oh. the way, if you listen, look, I love you guys. I think all the games you've produced, especially in recent memory, have been absolutely fucking amazing. And I, I really look forward to every game you put out. However, dashing my hopes against the rocks with a fucking auction hurts. I understand that you're trying to do certain things and, and things like that, but don't fucking leak information to some people and, and leave the threads out there that, oh, this might be a beta. This might be a beta announcement. This might be this huge game announcement. Come the fuck on. A fucking auction? You needed a countdown for that? You needed any hype for that? You just throw it up on the fucking website. Hey, guys, we're Bioware. We're throwing a goddamn auction, and people will flock to you anyway. Don't get my fucking hopes up like that. Don't, <laughs> like the, the only don't turn into mulling you. Do not <laughs> you. For fuck's sake, guys, please. Okay, that was a little harsh. I was I a little, know, that, I, I'll, I'll be honest, dude. I was let down, maybe not as much as Joe was, but I'm kind of pissed because you look at the list of prizes. There's some shit on there I got no problem paying for, like the N7, you know, hoodie and shirt and all this other crap, or, or this thing and that thing. And I'm like, man, I, I want that. I want to buy it. I I don't want to freaking win it. Like, I'll give you my money. Just put it for give fucking it sale. And and they they're not selling it. I'm thinking, like, what the freaking hell is wrong with you? Capitalize on this shit. You know how much money you guys can make. Yeah. So, well, okay, that's that's enough bitching about that. <laughs> Some more Bioware news, though. We got the um, the Star Wars iPhone game, the Flash base game that, like that? Uh, has been announced, the Cantina. Yeah, that looks freaking cool. Again, yeah. oh, man, you know, I, I, we're not going to go into iPad discussions at all. However... I'm not the only one either. I mean, considering especially the pre-sales that went for the iPad that went through the roof, 
I'm not the only one. And you go to sites and all they're talking about is gaming on the iPad, what it's going to be like. And now a lot of these games when they're announced for the iPhone, I keep thinking, oh my God, what would this look like on the iPad? And this is one of those I was going, oh, this would be so cool. This would be fantastic on the iPad. Oh, and, and this is a game where I can definitely see, I mean, the iPad, I, I've never doubted that it's going to be great for gaming at all. And I think games like this really showcase exactly how cool it's going to be with a stronger processor, a bigger screen, uh, more responsive, you know, touch controls. I think it's going to be great. And this, I mean, this game in particular, the Moss Eisley Cantina Simulator, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want it now. <laughs> It looks great. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, this was interesting about is the Old Republic heading to the Xbox 360? This yeah. would be fantastic. This would be like we've been talking about with the Final Fantasy 14 stuff, where would you be able to play, you know, together with anybody who's playing it on PC? See, and, and we've talked about this before. And um, I honestly don't think it's very likely. I mean, I see the the, the links in on it, but I don't know. I don't see it. Now, I don't really see it. For people who are listening, this is rumor. This is purely mm -hmm. speculation. Who knows whether or not this is actually going to come to light. But it is one of those things where they have to know. Same as, you know, the... Um, any and anybody working on any other game right now we want to see mmos that are cross platform so that you can interact with people who are playing on pc if you are on 360 or ps3 now bioware obviously like some of the other companies as well prefers coding for the 360 so it to me this is not a huge leap of faith actually is it possible Maybe. Is it going to happen? Uh, probably not, but it's definitely possible. They could do it if they wanted to. And and it's not a question of they couldn't or could or couldn't at this point because, I mean, look at Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is a great exactly. example of, uh, of an MMO that existed on two systems. However, having played Final Fantasy XI, the interface for Final Fantasy XI was rather simplistic. And Rick can back me up on this one. On the PC and any console that you played it on, on the PlayStation, um, the control schemes was very, very simple. From what I'm seeing... Um, from Star Wars, uh, the, the Old Republic, is that the game system is going to be slightly more complicated. So I don't know if that's going to translate well. Um, you can also see this if you look at Dragon Age. Dragon Age is also another good example. The control scheme on the PC is so much more in-depth than it is on the 360. Uh, 360 is one of those things where you set it, forget it, and bash your way through the game, whereas the PC allows you a lot more control over each individual party member. Uh, it allows you to go in and uh, specify things a little easier things like that so i don't know i'm a little i'm not saying that it's not possible i mean hell i would fucking love to see it i would love to have my friends who swear by the xbox 360 um get online with this and play you know final you know play you know star wars with us and i would love to see you know final fantasy like 14 hit both systems things like that i would love to see it but at the same point i'm just i don't see it happening i personally do not see it happening I think that it would require quite a bit of effort on their part and whether or not they're they're looking to do that just yet is another 
question entirely. I don't know. Seeing the effort that was put into Dragon Age Origins, into Mass Effect 2, and the effort that they're putting into this, I don't know. And seeing the backing from EA and EA saying how Star Trek, or sorry, Star Wars The Old Republic is the most expensive game they've ever put out kind of thing. I don't know. I, I'd like to see it happen. I really would. But whether it would or not, I... I'd, I'd err on the side of caution and say no, but man, <laughs> well, and it's the it, only it's, way we could get Sam to game with us because he doesn't game on the PC. And also, Sam <laughs> raises a very good point, though, too. I mean, if you've seen the difference between the 360 version of Dragon Age and the PC version, there's a large graphic graphical difference, and a game as uh, wide sweeping as Star Wars would be, and as graphic and intensive as it's going to be, because I mean, let's be honest, what we've seen of the game is fucking beautiful. I mean, there's no question in my mind. I I think that the visual quality in the 360 would just be absolutely subpar if they did it. Yeah. Okay, anyways, moving on from there, let's touch on some Mass Effect, because this was actually something that, well, you were, um, Rick, Rick, are you actually still with us? You haven't mm-hmm. passed out? Okay. I didn't know if the NyQuil had kicked in and you were actually sleeping on your desk. <laughs> but <laughs> some close. you were talking about this on Spooncraft. You were talking about the um, what could have been the look for Jack. If you're watching live, you'll see I've got the pictures up. This is actually pretty cool to see the... Uh, see, I love concept art. I love this stuff. Yeah. I, I you, love you looking at... Yeah, I will. When they're talking about what could have been, I I love that crap. And so then you start thinking about whether or not, you know, did they make the right choice? Did they pick the right one then? Because there's some pretty cool ones here, I got to say. Yeah, I when when I was looking at it, see, me and me and Missy have had an ongoing thing. She she's doing the typical like the wife that sits down and watches you play the cinematic experience like that old PlayStation commercial for for Uncharted 2. You know, where like the guy's playing and she thinks that it's a movie. As I've been playing Mass Effect 2, she's been hanging out watching me play Mass Effect 2 and just getting as enthralled in the story as I am. And when I was playing nicely with Jack, you know, just be, you know, putting up with her crap and whatnot, she was like, God, Jack is hideous, this horrible, ugly, evil person, you know. And I kind of made me think that, yeah, there are a lot of people that either love or hate the character and for, for everything about it. And specifically with the looks, it's really. It's it's really hard to swallow just because the way that she appears, especially you're looking at an outer space thing and all you're wearing is, you know, a leather belt to cover your nipples and a pair of jeans. You know, that's that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense conceptually for a space opera kind of game, you know? And looking at the what they had for concept art, it's it really looks a lot like 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 fifth element stuff, you know, in the in the second set of yeah. images that the the one that you're not showing, the other one. You know, where it's like they could have made a really, really cool character. Not saying that Jack isn't cool as is, but they could have made such a much more visually appealing character who still still is the same kind of insane, psychopathic, you know, damaged goods kind of character like what Jack portrays. You know, nothing will be taken away from the character if they adopted any of the other looks that's going on here. She would still look just as fucking crazy, just as completely out there, especially with some like the you know, the neon colored hair and whatnot. I think that hopefully I even said in the post when I'm hoping that in Mass Effect three when it comes out and they bring back, you know, the characters, they make them change to a degree. I wanna see I want to see Jack's hair freaking grow back for Christ's sake. You know, I want to see uh, other things change with the different characters and whatnot. I think that would be a really, really, really cool way to 
incorporate some of this concept art into the game. And I, I kind of add like an impromptu poll of these pictures versus what is existing in the game. What do you like best? Which one do you want to keep the original Jack, how we have her now? Or would you have rather seen one of the different concepts that they had? Number five. Number, number five. five. <laughs> I like number five because it's still <laughs> crazy with the tattoos, but still looks better. I like the hair. It's it's not as just the, the bald head. If you're watching live, number five. Now, number, what is she? Number three here looks good, but she looks good. That's the problem. It doesn't fit the character at all. I mean, a certain amount of crazy is necessary for the character. Granted, not this neon blue hair thing going on here. You can see how number seven is what they based a lot of the character on with the tattoos and the overalls that are, you know, the top part down kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it was kind of, it was interesting to see. And, and I agree with you. I would really like to see... Um, in three, the characters, not just from two, but also from one, but see a Evolution. difference. Yeah, that's one of the things that I didn't like about the characters that you meet up from one in two. Yes. They look the same. Yes. And it's like, no, there would have been some changes there. There were some changes in terms of their demeanor and, and things like that and what they'd been through. However, there were not nearly enough changes in the way that they look. People change. There would be differences in how they look. Yeah, yeah like, five, uh, like 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 Ashley. Like Ashley is the exact same model for Mass yeah. Effect One, Mass yeah. Effect Two, and I when I first played Mass Effect Two, I not playing ME One. I obviously had no idea there was any difference. When I played ME One, I'm like, wait a minute, man, you just you've had your hair in that little bun thing for two years. <laughs> you know, do you ever change out of your armor? That's that's kind of gamey. You know, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, Kelly. You know, it, it's just th there was a lot of different things that are going on with with the game that I'd like to see change, you know, like Garrus, Garrus with his, his facial scarring. I hope that that maintains, yeah. that's going to be cool. You know, I, I like that. I don't like the new pack they released where his armor is all fixed up. I don't mind if his armor is fucked up. That's just part of it. Oh, no. Ong Sim wants to sit it though. Really, really bad. We were talking about this prior to the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Mass Effect. All right, continue. <laughs> we're actually going to take a break there. It's 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to take a couple of minutes, and then we're going to come back with some other news and uh, and uh, end the show promptly at 8.30 because one's got to raid and the other one's going to sleep. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Harleen Quinzel. Call me Harley. Everyone does. I'm surprised you want to intern here at Arkham. I've always had a thing for extreme personalities. Can't deny there's an element of glamour to these super criminals. I warn you right now, these are hardcore psychotics. Most would rather kill you than speak to you. I'm sure I'll be fine, Doctor. They'll eat you for breakfast. I mean it. One or two of them will enjoy it too. Be careful. Well, you'll never know, will you? Unless... 
in my office? Simple, really? I put them there. Why? You don't like flowers? I think the guards would be interested to know you've been out of your cell. Oh, if you really were going to tell, you already would have. How do you know I haven't already? Oh, sweet. I like you. I really do. Even your name. Rework it a bit and we get... Harley Quinn, like the clown. I know. I've heard it before. It's a name that puts a smile on my face. It makes me think there's someone here I can relate to. Someone who might like to hear my secrets. Really? Go on. Not here, my dear. Too many ears and eyes. Come back tonight. I'll be ready for you. He's crazy, you know. Who? Batman? No, Santa Claus. Of course, Batman. Always Batman. I've seen it in his eyes. Screaming mad starters. And dishonest. Hiding his face behind a fright mask. Well, no masks for me. I have nothing to hide. I laugh at the cruel absurdity of the world. But Batman, Batman, he's got them all fooled. He's made them think he can make a difference. That he can actually make things better. And the joke of it is, they all believe it. The police? The police. The media. The freaking junior rangers. Every last sack of walking meat in this urban cesspool. Listen, sweets. Batman knows we're all on the same funhouse slide into madness. Why won't he admit it? He's up there in his belfry laughing at us. And the real gag is, the miserable liar is allowed to run free while I'm in here. That's really incisive. Then you understand, don't you? You know why I do what I have to do. You know Gotham's only real savior is me. Hello and welcome back to For the Lore. We are sorry, Rick, because the poor bastard needed to hit the NyQuil and then hit the sheets because he's not feeling well at all. Uh, a couple of topics that I did want to talk about quickly, though. One of them we're really not going to have to spend a lot of time on whatsoever. However, it was the official Ion Magazine did release issue one. And as expected... Really, folks are kind of disappointed. Much like the game, there was a lot of eye candy and not much else to really whet your appetite. This is one of those things where they were saying that it is basically for diehard fans that want the eye candy and the special in-game bonuses. But other than that, anything that is in there that you're paying to read, you can get for free from online sites. Which is exactly what I said yep. when we talked about it. And yep. it makes me, well, 
I feel good that I was right. See, the thing is, is I, I will I maintain that if they drop their price and they gave you the bonuses per issue, not for your six or twelve month subscription, and they made it something that it was worthwhile. Because really, that that bonus is already created. The more magazines you sell or subscriptions, you know, the more you're going to be able to recoup some of that cost. Don't try to hold it over your clientele as a, you know, a bonus. I mean, within reason, you can't do that just because you're not going right. to get nearly as many people. You've already created it. It's not like you need to to keep creating these items. They're created. So now try to sell as many as you can. And it's not worth the cost of those items unless you are a real diehard fan because the stuff that you're seeing here, yeah, it's pretty, but it's not a, a hard copy that you can put in your library or anything like that. It's a digital copy that once you've gone through and you haven't read anything new, you're done with it. So I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I, granted I'm not playing now, so I really don't care and I would not have picked this up, but, uh, I think that the opportunity was there and basically they screwed it up. So that's that's my thoughts on it. I agree wholeheartedly. There's really nothing much else to say. I was right. I'm happy. Yeah. So I'm good. Moving on from there, we finally got a date for OnLive, which is going to allow you to game anywhere using the browser plugin. Now, this is something that they announced quite a while back, but we finally got the date. It's coming on June the 17th. I mm -hmm. would still like to know more about it, obviously, as everyone would, to know just how capable this will be. But it will be something that if there is, if it does work well, then the... Again, we're, we're going to have less of an argument of Max not being for gaming once Steam opens up their um, their their clients and their, their, their codes for Macs. But even then, you'll be able to play anything via the Mac, via the browser. Yeah, and, and I think that's really cool, too, because we're starting to see the, uh, as far as cross-platform goes, um, this is great. I mean, I don't know how the service is going to work. I mean, it could be a piece of shit, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Um, as a person that has both a PC and a Mac, I hate the fact that, you know, if I'm in the living room watching TV and I have my laptop in front of me, if I get bored, I have to move into another room to, to load up my computer or if I'm not home, if I'm on vacation uh, and I want to play Dragon Age because my laptop's a Mac, I can't do that. You know, with services like this and with Steam opening up, uh, these things stop being a concern. And it opens up a whole new world for gamers in general, and it makes it easier to be a person on an off, uh, you know, an off type OS and still be able to enjoy as many games as PC mainstreamers. Yeah. The big thing is going to be just basically the performance and what we can expect. I I don't know. It's it's so radical that I, I really want to see benchmarks of um, frames per seconds for various games to see what we can expect from this. So well, but it is coming. I mean, we'll be able to give it a shot and see. And there's one other thing I want to mention real quick about this, uh, and then I'm done. It also comes at a time where all the internet providers, at least across the United States, are starting to increase their bandwidth caps by exponential amounts. Uh, time Warner Cable, who I work with, just increased their caps from 15 megs down to 50 megs. And that's quite a large jump. Um, a lot of other companies are following suit with other markets and they're not charging that much more. They're making bandwidth a lot more available to people. So services like OnLive are becoming even more a reality or, or, or a, a strong possibility, if you will, of actual success. 
And we need that because when I got to download a goddamn movie from Xbox Live's video with crap stuff <laughs> and it's 9.3 gigabytes to download the movie and I literally start it one day and am able to watch it the next day. Yeah, we need better service. So it's things like that that make me wonder about the validity of this. But again, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot and see what uh, what we'll get from it. Uh, moving on from there, we also had some news, some rumors about Mr. Bill Roper. Yes. Now, this is a little bit old because but it's kind of nothing's official quite yet unless you've heard something i have not because it was a couple of weeks ago that he was removed from champions online now you say removed because it wasn't an announcement that he was removed from it it was he was being succeeded which is a little bit different yeah no no fair point and i should have worded it better yes he is no longer in charge of champions online let's put it that way then and People were wondering whether he had been removed, whether he had removed himself or whether he was working on something else. There were rumors that he may be working on. um, There's rumors of Cryptic working on the Neverwinter Nights MMO because Atari owns the rights to that, not Bioware, who worked on the other games. So it's possible that Cryptic will work on a Neverwinter Nights MMO. So who knows whether or not this is something that they would have handed off to him. However, there's also rumors that he actually left Cryptic. It's Mm -hmm. really hard to say right now what's going on. Well, he's also been in a bit of a, um, and this is one of those things where I, uh, I'm sorry, Bill, if you're listening to this, I'm going to have to freely admit this. Since I heard the news of you being off that project, I have been stalking you on the internet. (laughs) I mean... LinkedIn, everything I possibly can to see if there's been any activity uh, to see where you're going, because I want to know. (laughs) Um, And honestly, it is. It's it's the great enigma, because Bill Roper is one of those uh, personalities in the gaming industry that no matter where he goes, he makes an impact. And while people are complaining that Champions Online didn't live up to the standards, um, you know, that they think that they should have. I mean, I hope he is working on Neverwinter Nights. You know why? Because I think that that is a project that Bill would fucking knock out of the damn park. Why? It's a rich background. He's a fucking tabletop gamer geek that used to play Dungeons and Dragons, probably still does, and just didn't want to admit it. Um, and it's a perfect environment for him because all he's doing is creating a campaign and, uh, you know, and, and putting it out there for gamers to enjoy. So I would love to see that. I'd love to see that announced. That would make me happy. I think it's important to note as well, too, that a lot of people, and this is not coming to anyone's defense either, but a lot of people who complain about Champions Online didn't realize that he didn't come in from the get-go on that project. He was in after a lot of it was already established and then just had to make it work as best he could. Why he's gone, we don't know. There's a lot of rumors right now. I would love to find out anything. However, it's quite likely we won't simply because, you know, he won't be allowed to talk about it. Right, until it's finally announced, and I think that it's going to be good because, like you said, he came in after much of Champions had already been established. There was already an interface. There was already a groundwork laid down that they were going to use, and I think giving him free reign from the beginning of a project, I think, is going to be something that would see success because, I'm sorry, he's one of the few people in this world that I honestly think does understand gamers. Yeah. So anyways, as we hear more, we will talk more about it Uh, for the time being. uh, Shannon. Oh, my God. Pozni. 
Posniewski, Poz, <laughs> known as Pause on the forums, is now the executive producer for the game for Champions Online. Um, no mention was made about, again, he was supposed to be, he had said that he was a creative design as well, lead or executive lead design. I can't remember the exact title he used, but also working with the uh, the people for Star Trek online as well so who knows what he's doing right now i'd be very mm-hmm. interested to see if he's even at cryptic or if he's moved on somewhere else we don't know so it, it's one of those yeah it's it's one of those things where people have very strong emotions towards him whether they love or hate him or forgive him for different games or not so it's 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 really hard to get um how can i put unbiased opinions mm-hmm. about him online everybody's got an opinion and because he doesn't um uh, He's there. He's easy to talk to. He gives his opinions. And that basically sometimes is just fuel for fire. <laughs> and so who knows? I Again, as we hear more, we will let you know. Uh, moving on from there, we also had, this is something that uh, Rick wanted to talk a lot about, but again, he is gone. The trailer for Terra did come out. And it's one of those, as he has said, you're going to hear it in the outtakes, how he talks about how they make fantastic, these Korean MMOs make fantastic trailers but then he has very little faith in the actual game and whether or not it's going to be any good now what i was saying too is i've actually been following terra long before it became you know as popular or as known as it is now and i have been very very interested i like the game mechanics i like that it's going to be much more of a um first person shooter kind of feel to it wherein you have to actually have skill and keep targeting and everything versus just target once and then hit you know one and two on your keypad so yep i and that's Sorry, go ahead. No, it's it's I I like the the lore that they've got behind it. I like the the class mechanics that they've got behind it. It's just different enough that it's going to be interesting, you know, change it up a little bit with with the different classes and everything. The in terms of the races that you can nothing like, you know, Japanese and Korean MMOs to toss in animals, although I shouldn't say that. Look at Blizzard and cows. But, mm-hmm. you know, animals as playable classes and everything but i mean you're getting really really cool races that you can have they are of course using a variety of titillating elf classes as well I and mean, races which is par for the course for damn near any game nowadays but uh but it looks fantastic it looks great it looks like it's going to play very interesting it's just I mean, so did Ion initially. So that's the problem right there that I have. But I, I would love to try it. And and I think that it's cool, too, because this is not the first time we've heard about this. I mean, Star Wars The Old Republic is toting the same thing, that it's going to require a certain amount of skill of the player to target something or some other player and uh, to perform their attacks. And I think that that's a very interesting uh, element to add into the games and i can't wait to see how that specifically works out especially because it's set for release in early uh 2011 and uh you That's know a where packed it, year that is a packed year that is a very packed year especially for mmo the mmo scene seems to want to explode at that point um so but, you better bring your a game that's the thing too like yeah I mean, exactly it, it, it's going to be either do fairly well. It's certainly not going to be the end all be all the game, the MMO of the year. I can't believe it. If it does, I, I will eat my words. I will be pleasantly surprised, but I highly doubt that it can best 
everything else that's coming out that year. So then your options are be a good solid game that people are still going to want to play or basically be completely forgotten. So mm-hmm. they have their work cut out for them. Hey guys, don't be on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on from there, we also had the Secret World trailer that came out. Now, I don't know if you actually watched this. I will freely admit I did not. All right. I actually checked it out. I've got it playing right now live if anybody wants to watch it. It's one of those where Rick was very, very excited about it. But the more that I watched, frankly, I don't know. I'm not... I don't know. I'm not as thrilled about it as other people. This was one of those games, too, that they talked about on um, at uh, at PAX, if I'm not mistaken. Because this, I believe they announced this yes. at PAX. It did, yeah. So it's something that, I, I don't know, I... I see too many aspects of this game in other games like Left 4 Dead, say, you know, where you've got these monstrosities that you're fighting and whatnot. Well, here's the thing. Um, You have a, you're right. You have all these games that have monstrosities. You have Left 4 Dead 2. You have, uh, hell, if you want to even go through it, you have Dragon Age with huge monster and, you know, lumbering things. And and every time I'm seeing the secret world, they're throwing around the words Cthulhu, 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 Cthulhu. Um, I don't know. Have have you read Lovecraft at all? No. Okay. The Cthulhu universe uh, that Lovecraft has created is just ridiculously awesome. It is one of those very rich stories that doesn't just have to do with monstrosities. It has to do with testing the limitations of the psychology of the people in there, your mental stability. What I would love to see this game do is I would love a sanity factor. I would absolutely adore something that fucks with you to the point where you go madder and madder as you see shit you shouldn't even be believing. One of my biggest problems with any MMO out there, especially Left 4 Dead uh, or any game that has sort of monsters in it, is your character just kind of handles it in stride. I mean, in real world, you walked outside, you're heading to work, you see a pack of roving zombies. What the fuck are you going to do? You're not going to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to go get my nine iron. You'd probably freak out a little bit. If the car decided to morph into a giant monster and throw shit at you, you'd probably freak out a little bit. You'd that's what I would think. And I want to see a game that does that. I want to see a game that forces the player to have to deal with how you would deal with it in real life just a little bit. And from what I've read about Secret World, not just watched it, it has the potential to be able to do that. And that's what I want to see. I want to see that happen. Because if not, I personally think it's just going to fall to the side as another game that just fucking fails and just falls to the wayside as something that's been done a thousand times before. See, I'm just, again, seeing far too many Left 4 Dead comparisons when I see it or I see trailers or screenshots so I'm I don't know I we we've seen Left 4 Dead done as well as Left 4 Dead can be done because of Left 4 Dead and right. two. so when I see this I don't know I'm thinking see what's got me more excited is some of the information that's coming out for the Left 4 Dead DLC mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when you're talking about the teaming up of the different teams and how one of them is going to have to die and different things like that the information that's coming out that I'm psyched about this I, maybe it's because I haven't followed it enough, but again, I'm seeing comparison to shit that we've we've seen and we've seen done very well. 
And I mean, we'll be honest, every game that comes out is always going to have something to compare it to. That's just the nature of the industry. Every book that comes out, every movie that comes out, everything that has a similar theme or genre that it can fall under or, or be included will always be compared to something else. So in a world where you can have 20 games about the same thing, you need to do something to stand out and set yourself aside from everything else. It is the unique snowflake, the purple Kodo, the white rhino that stands out amongst the herd. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this year's and next year's white rhino. Yeah. And lastly, let's touch on the Dante's Inferno DLC. (sighs) (laughs) Go ahead. All right. Look, they finally released what the free code uh, is coming to uh, that you got when you bought Dante's Inferno. Um, It is the Trials of St. Lucia DLC. Um, And while the idea of free DLC makes me very happy, um, it really makes me sad in this particular setting. Um, I did not care for Dante's Inferno at all. I thought it was too pedestrian. I thought it was incredibly shallow. And I thought that the amount of time that they spent making the game would have been better served making tacos or something else. <laughs> now, looking at the the trials of St. Lucia, I'm getting the exact same feel. I'm seeing it's beautiful, but I think it's going to be another case of very short games. Um, and I, I, they're adding stuff to it. All right, they're adding uh, three new features. They're adding online co-op, user-generated trials so people can make shit for other people to face, and uh, there's a new Saint. Pl- there's a new playable character uh, inspired by an actual Christian saint. I'm sorry, I-, I I just don't see it. I don't see them actually putting anything into this game that makes it stand out more than uh, Devil May Cry or God of War. And I would rather play God of War and I would rather go back and play Devil May Cry. Those games are good. They have content. This is just, I don't know. It's just, I'm disappointed. I really am. I was looking so forward to this game and this is what we get. And with that, we are actually going to wrap it up for this evening. Thanks for everyone for joining us. Don't forget that you will want to download the podcast on Wednesday or if I'm going to stick with my recent schedule tomorrow and then you'll be able to hear Vince's feature on Thane, which I'm actually really looking forward to. We're nearing the end of the Mass Effect 2 squad bios. Once it's done, I don't know. We'll have to find something else for Vince to do. I don't know. There, there must be something that he can do. Um, we need to keep Vince around. I yeah, like we'll figure. So I don't think we could get rid of him if we wanted to for at this point. So make sure to download the feature. There's also going to be the what is it? First part of the second chapter second chapter of Ledger's Tale from yourself and Mm -hmm. that's going to be again I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow maybe on Wednesday so make sure to join us next week same time 6.45pm Eastern time and we'll talk to you guys later later guys hello everyone this is Vince from MassiveNerd.net bringing you my weekly Mass Effect 2 squad member biography Please note, these features do contain spoilers, so if you have not finished the game yet, now is the time to stop listening. This week's character is the Drell assassin Thane Krios. The Drell are a lizard-like race originally from the planet Rakana. Rakana is a dry, arid world that the Drell were suited to. However, the planet was not suited to the Drell. With limited natural resources, Rakana could not support the rapidly expanding Drell civilization. It appeared Drell culture was going to have a short history. Enter the Hanar. 
The jellyfish-like species would be the savior of the drill, if not Rakana. The Hanar would take a small percentage of the drill back to their homeworld Kaje, sadly leaving billions behind to their fate. The Drell quickly adapted to life on their new homeworld. They repay the Hanar for saving their species through what they refer to as the Compact. Certain Drell are chosen by the Hanar to perform tasks they cannot due to their physical limitations. A Drell is free to turn down service, but few do, seeing it as an honor to serve the Hanar. Many act as servants to powerful Hanar families, while others are assassins. This is where Thane learned his trade. At the young age of six, he was given to the Hanar to honor the compact, and was trained as an assassin. Thane lived this life for many years until the Hanar released him from his contract to allow him to raise a family. Of course, spending your entire life as an assassin doesn't leave many career options afterward. Thane continued his career in assassination, though as a freelancer, allowing him time to raise his family. Thane quickly became one of the most skilled assassins, and one of the most feared men in the galaxy. One does not become this skilled and rise to such prominence without attracting the attention of the elusive man. Thane was selected as one of Shepard's potential recruits. Cerberus Intelligence tracked Thane to Ilium, and Shepard uses his contacts to find Thane's target, the powerful and ruthless businesswoman, Nasana Dantius. Nasana is aware that her life is in danger, and has increased her security to maximum levels, even going so far as to instruct them to kill everyone in the building, assassin or worker. Shepard follows Thane to Dantius Towers, wanting to ensure that he lives through the mission. Upon reaching Nasana and completing his mission, Thane is more than happy to join Shepard. He had been observing Shepard on the way up the tower, pushing himself, wanting to see which one of them would reach Nasana first. It was the most exhilarating experience Thane has had in years, since he did not expect to live through the Nasana contract anyway, and he sees Shepard as an honorable man, Thane agrees to follow Shepard on his suicide mission. Aboard the Normandy, Thane is revealed to be a very deep character with complex history. The first thing Thane reveals about himself is the fact that he is dying. Thane suffers from a disease known as Keprel's Syndrome, which is quite common among the Drell. The original Drell homeworld of Rakana was an arid wasteland, and their biology evolved to suit it. Suddenly finding themselves on the Hanar world Kaje, which is almost entirely covered by ocean, Drell physiology could not adapt to the sudden change in climate. The constant exposure to Kaje's humid air means Thane is essentially drowning, with the breakdown of his lungs slowly spreading to his other organs. However, this death sentence is what has allowed Thane to be such an effective assassin. Since he's going to die anyway, he carries out his contracts without fear of death. Thane hopes to carry the same fearlessness into the fight with the Collectors, and at least redeem some of his past sins if he dies. This leads to another aspect of his personality. Thane is deeply spiritual, an odd trait for an assassin. Many Drell have adopted the Hanar religion, praising the Protheans, or the Enkindlers as they refer to them. Thane, however, still clings to the old Drell gods. He prays to them for guidance and forgiveness. He also does not feel any personal responsibility for his actions. He explains that the Drell see the body and the soul as two separate entities. The soul feels no remorse for the actions of the body. His body is merely a weapon used by those who hire him. While Thane may feel no responsibility for his actions, he is unable to forget them. Drell have perfect photographic memory. These memories are particularly intense, and can at times cause visions of past actions. The memories of the murders he has committed weigh heavily on Thane's conscience. One memory that returns to Thane several times while speaking to Shepard is the time he first met his wife. He was working for the Hanar, attempting to snipe a target. A random woman caught a glimpse of the laser sight and stepped in the way. 
While she could not see Thane, he could see her perfectly through the rifle's scope, her defiant eyes so full of life. Thane had to know more. He had to know why this woman would risk her life to save a perfect stranger. Thane tracked the woman named Erika down to learn more about her. They met, they spoke, they fell in love, they got married, and they had a child. This is the point in his life when Thane went freelance. Without the oversight and protection of the Hanar, though, it was only a matter of time before one of his adversaries tracked Thane down. A group of Batarians waited for Thane to be away and killed Erika, hoping to drive Thane out of the assassination business. They could not have made a worse mistake. Thane tracked them down, each and every one. One of the traits that makes Thane such an effective assassin is his efficiency. He doesn't want to see anyone suffer, so he makes the deaths as quick and painless as possible. These Batarians did not die quickly. Though Thane moved on, his past and his family would enter his life once more in his loyalty mission, Sins of the Father. With his death an imminent possibility, Thane decides to check in on his last remaining family member, his son Kolyat. After Erika's death, Thane left Kolyat on Kaje with another Drell family, thinking the farther he was from Thane, the safer he would be. As he grew older, Kolyat found some old mementos of his father, discovering his life as an assassin. Kolyat follows in Thane's footsteps, hoping to meet his father one day. Shepard and Thane track Kolyat down to the Citadel, where he has been hired for his first assassination. Thane wants nothing more than to stop Kolyat before he starts down the same path he did. Kolyat was using some of Thane's old contacts, and they soon found his target, shadowing him until Kolyat could make his move. Shepard stops the assassination, and Thane confronts his son. Kolyat explains that he wanted to find Thane to get revenge for his mother's death. Thane was never around to be a true husband and father, and his career led to Erika's death. Why should Thane care about Kolyat now, but never before in his life? Thane spends some time talking to his son, and leaves him with Sisek. Regardless of his feelings, Kolyat must pay for his crimes, though Shepard can influence the method. Thane and Kolyat are a long way from being a happy family, but every day brings them one step closer to resolution. His past reconciled, Thane can grow closer to Shepard, even giving her a pet name. He calls her Siha, named after a protective warrior angel in his religion. On the eve of their final battle, Thane comes to Shepard. He confesses his shame to her. He has spent years preparing for his death, praying, atoning, setting things in order. Now that he has someone in his life to love again, Thane finally fears death for the first time. Death may come for them, or it may not. All Shepard asks is for one night to be alive together. Thane's lifelong training as an assassin serves him well in combat. He is very similar to Garrus, though different in critical ways. Again, any character capable of using a sniper rifle becomes exceptionally deadly. Thane brings the biotic skills Warp and Throw, in contrast to Garrus's more tech-heavy approach. Which one you'd prefer is a question of group mechanics. You can't go wrong with either. Unfortunately, Garrus starts to outpace Thane as the difficulty increases. Thane's ammo power, Shredder Ammo, is incredibly effective against unprotected enemies. The only issue lies in the fact that Thane lacks an ammo power to break down that protection. Providing him with a squad ammo power from another teammate can make Thane into a very effective character, even if he lacks a bit of Garrus's versatility. One wouldn't expect an assassin to be as thoughtful and spiritual as Thane. The Drell is full of surprises. Whether Shepard chooses to keep him around for his body, his soul, or his whole being, Thane proves to be a valuable ally and a good friend.
This is Chapter 2, Part 1 of Loader's Tale. The full story can be found at wayofthetotem.com. Loader pulled the cowl of her cloak down, obscuring her face further in shade. She patted the neck of her myth saber as they made their way slowly from Valiant's keep towards Fizzcrank airstrip. The undead assault on the keep had slowed enough to allow a few travelers to move beyond the basalt walls. The winds were wicked, and Loder could feel the bite of the frost upon her face. The mist saber slowed and began to rumble a guttural growl. A rough noise replaced the sound of the wind. Loder looked up to see two orcs before her. Rough armor filled with spikes adorned their mantle. They smiled toothy grins as they dismounted their wolves and walked menacingly towards her, speaking in a tongue she couldn't decipher. But the intent was clear. Violence. Arcanon Proros, Loder voiced as evenly as she could in common. I wish no trouble. I am simply passing through. The two eyed the figure atop the large cat, not halting their advance. Loder looked up, her blue eyes glowing from beneath the darkness of the hood. The two exchanged a quick set of words in a gutter language Loda recognizes the orcish tongue. She stepped forward from her mount, and with a quiet word, undid the magic that bound it to this world. Turning towards the two orcs, Loda began to gather power around her. The assailants stopped now, sensing that their prey was not as timid as they had hoped. Lightning crackled between Loda's fingers and her eyes. The two green-skinned creatures smiled, tusks filled grins, and charged. Before Loder could react, one of the charging creatures hit the dirt, the other oblivious to the fate of his companion. When the orc was only a few yards away from Loder, she unleashed the gathering energy in a small storm of electricity. The assailant was flung up and back. It hit the ground hard, and before it could pick back up, a great white cat was on top of it the orc's neck in its teeth. Loda released the last remnants of the power held within and looked around. From what seemed like thin air materialized an elf that walked over first to the fallen orc and pulled an arrow from the creature's neck. The elf then padded over to the cat and speaking a quick word in what Loda recognized as Darnassian, the cat released the corpse from its jaws, now looking for its master's approval. Ah, miss, looks like I came just in the nick of time, said the elf, the voice calm and enchanting. Although it does seem you are not without your defenses. The elf turned to face Loder, dropping its cloak to reveal features that were both fine and hardened at the same time. It was a face Loder recognized very well. It had only been a fortnight since Loder's body was snatched by the Lich King. No one from her guild knew about it, and no one aside from Yeva the prophet and Nabundu knew that inside this female shell was truly the essence of Loder. Thank you for your assistance, though it was not required. I would, however, suggest we move somewhere else, lest they become missed by any friends they have and decide to go looking for them, Loder said with a smirk. That is not a half-bad idea. Perhaps I should ride with you for a while, the elf summoned her mouth, and Loder called back the Missaber and the two were off. I'm Mysteris, by the way. What brings you up this way? Looking for adventure? Just taking in the scenery? 
Loder looked over to the elf. I am Loder, she stated plainly, then turned back to watch the road they traveled. Hmm. I have a guildmate named Loder. He's much larger than you are, though. Never pegged Loder for a woman's name. It's not, Loder smirked again. Asteris stopped her mount. Wait a minute. What is that supposed to mean? You never were quick on the uptake. Makes me think of the time I had to yell at you in Black Temple, reminding you that fire was bad, Loder chuckled. The hunter's jaw hung loose. No way. No damn way. Loader? What the hell, man? Uh, er, woman? Well, this is something, isn't it? What the hell happened? I'll tell everybody at the guild meeting in a few days. A lot. Loader paused, looking down at her new body. Uh, needs to be explained. I'll say. That better be one hell of a story. I'm going to be sorely disappointed in you. So where are you headed anyways? Asteris had caught back up to Loder and the two were riding side by side again. Loder glanced over at the hunter. Fizzcrank airstrip. I have a friend up there trying to secure a flight in a Dalaran for the guild meeting. I've never trusted those mage portals, so I'd rather fly. Sadly, Andor is not strong enough to fly in the cold winds up here yet, so I seek other means. Fair enough. Mind if I tag along then? You seem to always have a great misfortune and ultimately lead to highly entertaining adventures. Or fleeing, one or the other. The elf laughed and Loder chuckled as well. Alright, you might be useful after all. You're taking my new body rather well. Honestly, I'm a bit surprised. Hestera shrugged. Eh, we've traveled through time, beaten down a titan, stopped the madman from dominating the world, twice, defeated a few beings classified as gods, and ultimately survived to tell the tale. This is by far not the weirdest thing we've been through. Surprising, sure, I'll give you that. But not the strangest. At that, you have a point, Loder said. The two continued riding at a casual pace through the tundra towards its northern border and the Nomashir Strip. Should be the same family. <laughs> and you think that tonight being sick is going to redeem yourself? You sure don't want to put it off for one week? Dude, seriously, if I wipe my ass with the microphone while I have, you know, the push of talk, that'll be that'll be a cut above what happened last Monday, hands down. <laughs> and I, I, I don't even blame Sammy entirely for that. I, I blame Joe. Because Joe was my buffer. Joe was my buffer for you and for everything else. If all else failed, for me, Joe was What the be hell? Oh, yeah, Dude, I, I behaved. Come on. <laughs> I've been most of the show, I never spoke. Yeah, I know Joe. Joe was supposed to be our rock, according to Sammy, and he's he's right. But I, I I admit I totally I didn't just noob it up. Sammy was being nice. He was telling me, "Dude, don't worry about it. We both noobed it up." I'm like, "No, see, I I at least have an excuse. I've been doing this for twenty whatever the hell freaking shows. I I should at least know what the fuck to do." And okay, back. Not a goddamn <laughs> clue. Like not at all. Well, you know what? 
that you should have listened more and made notes, maybe wrote it out, read it off of something you wrote down. Oh, I don't know. shit, I'm going to fucking tell Hey, you. I actually offered to hey. give him some tips. He did not want any. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what I'm doing. You're just a drunken Canadian. If you can do it, I can do it. No, you See, said, I'll give you tips after the fact. It's like, so you want to tell you what you did wrong? I'm like, no, I know pretty damn well what I did wrong. <laughs> I, okay, I, for the record, I didn't word it quite like that. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Like, Roger has made note that he's going to throw me under the bus at some point, and there will be a show that I will host. I am ready. I have actually my intro and everything all written out so that I can just read it off. Why? Because you have inspired me, Rick. Cannot be you an have inspired me to not repeat that. <laughs> Oh, see now, now, now you've gone and you've exposed your hand. Now I'm gonna be redoubling my efforts to totally fuck you up next time that you host a podcast. So, and after running through the Mako and just realizing how it drives, I'm like, yeah, I cannot do this shit. I, I have anger management issues. I'm gonna do very bad things if I end up, you know, spending too much time in the Mako. So, meh. I've played through the game multiple times. And so I have ended every game. This is the last one was my sixth game. I the first time around I had Jack as the romance. The next time around I had Miranda. Then I had uh, Tally. Then I had Miranda again two more times, and then Ashley. Okay. So now you got to play as a female character and never gonna happen. Thane. Never gonna happen. Sorry. Because he's it's, like it's reptilian. Like... It's slimy, so he wouldn't have to spit or use any lube. Ew. Dude. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> oh, mucous membranes. It secretes its own oils. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Uh, are we good to go? Everybody's ready? I'm good. I am. Yeah, we're good to go. I'm not doing it. <laughs> You're such a nice way. <laughs> Well, he's moved up on the uh, hierarchy of things, hasn't he? Step by step. Asshole to the device used to wipe one's ass. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least I have a short existence. <laughs> you, you know what, Tart? We give you the link every week. Every week we give you the link. Not complicated. Every week. There's, you know... Like it's not like we we didn't give it to you last week or the week before or the week after that. Every week. and oh, and what's funnier is that if she actually followed, if you actually followed the link that I post every time on Twitter, it's always the one to the for the lore site, not the uStream. So there, Missy, I know you're listening. Because Joe has to put up with you because you're cute and you bang him doesn't mean I have to. Okay, hold on, hold on. I quote, fucking Roger, tell him I can't save it, not on my work computer, IT Nazis. Okay, you know what, Tart? It's <laughs> forthelore.com, and then the link's at the top. The link's at the top. It's at the top. How can you miss it? It's for the lore podcast live. It's right there. Hey, Roger, where, where is it at? It's right at the top. You can't miss it. I mean, no one can miss it. It's right at the top. It's at the top, Ginny. At the top. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's right at the top. There's the bottom, but it's not there. It's actually, there's links at the top, so it's at the top. It's not on the left. (laughs) It's not on the right. 
Are we it, sure it's not on the sides? It's really? not on it's the middle right either. Next to, you know, it's right next to about. You may want to think that maybe it's in the middle somewhere or kind of like hidden and you got to highlight text <laughs> to see it or something, but it's at the top. Clearly it's in the mountains. And it's 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 forthelore.com. Forthelore.com. F O R T H E L O R E.com. Thank you for joining us, Tart. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Hoogs, it's over there. All right. Now that we understand each other. Oh, God. I'm getting emails for that, I'm thinking. <laughs> or direct Twitter. So I'm going to close my Twitter so I don't have to read her mad at me. <laughs> All right, let's do this. I have a, a serious question, and, and I want to I want to get the show started so I can ask it because it's hilarious. All right, hello and welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you. Oh, no.